Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Man, I love this church. I'm so excited, aren't you? I just love, love, love this church. We're going to get through Colossians. We're going to get through uh, some more uh, Colossians today. I may fly through it a little quicker. So the notes are on the website. They're already there. You can actually come to church and download them before I start preaching. And for some of you, that's good because then you know he's just about done. All right. So here we go. Are you ready? We're going to jump into Colossians. We're going to talk about the ministry of Christ in you. Huge topic, but here we go. So in a place, uh, Colossae, a place where Paul had never, ever been. He'd actually never visited. It was somebody on his team who went and planted the church. But Paul, to this little church, which may have seemed insignificant, it was like a used-to-be town. It was a town that used to be happening, and it's not so much anymore. So it seemed like, a why is Paul concerned about this little church? Paul was concerned because that church had grew, it had expanded, it had embraced the word, the good news of the gospel, but it was in a place where, a place place where religious pluralism and syncretism was encouraged. The truth was being diluted for the sake of unity. It's a place where Paul wanted to assert the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. Jesus is Lord, therefore only he and he alone is fully able to qualify you as saints. People were saying, yeah, let's embrace Jesus, but let's mix him in with all the other stuff that's going on. Can't do that. Paul said, can't do that. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. So he wrote a very, very strong word to confront some error and to confront some heresies. So primarily written to confront heresies, false teachings, very combative and abrupt in its style. Yet Paul wasn't attacking false teachers or people. He was exalting Christ. And that's how he came against the false teachings of the day. Dealt with Gnosticism. He dealt with legalism, mysticism, and asceticism. So last week we examined one of the greatest Christological fabulous passage of scripture. If you weren't here, I tried, I did my best, but you should listen to it anyway, because God was really good on top of that word last week, and it was truly revelational, if I do say so myself. Amen. I got a couple of grunts of approval. That was good. All right. So segments, uh, most beautiful passage, and one of the most beautiful, but it sure did tell you who Jesus is and exalt him. So if you want to know, Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, explains who Jesus is, what he's done, what he continues to do as a risen Savior. So we talked the first week about how he's qualified us, and he qualified you, and all the incredible benefits of being qualified by not your own efforts or your own ability, but qualified because Christ in you is manifesting his goodness and his grace. So we talked about that. We talked about how he qualified you, a complete work, a thorough redemptive work, and because of his preeminence. So Paul said, what an amazing thing he's done for you. Then you would say, well, what qualifies him to qualify me? And then Paul goes, well, he is Christ. He is preeminent in every way, and he is able to do with that one act of shedding his blood, he can reconcile and restore all things to himself. He is and has supremacy, and he has sufficiency. Can I get an Amen. All right, so we're going to jump to the next passage in chapter 124 to verse 5. How many have been reading along as we go? Just reading it every, every week. Just read the scripture. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate that. Just read it. Just read through Colossians. Let it soak in your spirit. It's a really good book. It'll preserve you. It'll protect you from any nonsense. It'll be a firewall against any deception that would try to take you from the centrality of Christ. It really will. 
So Paul gets very personal now. He gets really, really specific about his responsibility, the call of God in his life. In these 11 verses, all over the place, he's using clearly the, the first person pronoun, I. I, 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 I. It's just I all through these 11 verses. So he's talking about his specific ministry and his specific responsibility. So here we go. Colossians chapter 1, 24. You ready? Here it is. Here it is. There it is. He says, now I rejoice. I rejoice. Like He's thrilled about what is available to us. He's thrilled that Jesus is able to qualify you for it. But then he says, I rejoice in my sufferings. I'm excited about the sufferings. I'm excited about what I have gone through to get the gospel to you. I am excited about what I have had to endure to bring this good news to everybody and everywhere I've gone. I'm thrilled. I'm excited that I've suffered for this. Wow, that's crazy stuff. He said, I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. So you might go, what? So he added to Christ's afflictions? Was there something missing in what Jesus did? Like Jesus didn't do enough, so I had to add to it? That's not what it means. Because when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, it was finished. Everything necessary for your redemption was done in Christ. Nothing can be added to it. But I put in that little phrase, I'm taking my turn. He said, what I'm doing now is that it's my turn now. It's my turn to take the good news. It's my turn to take this message. It was incredibly powerful, but it's incredibly confrontational. Because the good news of the gospel, it's good news, but it also says Jesus is Lord. The good news of the gospel is really, really good news, but it's bad news to any other philosophy or way of life because it's not tolerant of any other thing. It really is insisting that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And you know, if you go into places and you confront the philosophies and belief systems of other people, they're not necessarily going, oh, cool, well, let's believe that then. Some people are really invested. Some people are really spend a lot of time, you know, propping up what they believe and what they hope and all those things. So when you walk in and say, nah, that's all rubbish. Jesus is it. That's it. It's really simple. It's really awesome. It might be a great, big, wonderful message. But if you've worked really hard for years propping up your system, it's pretty hard to let go of it. So he went into areas where they'd never heard the good news before. And some people immediately went, whoa, this sounds good. And others went, kill them. So you see, it was his turn now. Jesus was done. The anointing was on him. A call was on him to be an apostle to the Gentiles, to take the good news in the areas where it wasn't always incredibly welcome. How many of you notice that sometimes the good news in your life, although it's good news for you, you're so thrilled about it, not everybody goes, yay for you. It's your turn. It's your turn. For the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God. God himself gave me this ministry. He gave me this stewardship, this responsibility. It was given to me for you to fulfill, to fulfill, to fully manifest, to fully express to you the word of God. Next verse. Verse 26, the mystery which has been hidden from ages past. It's a mystery. It's been hidden. It, nobody knew about it. Generations, it was a mystery. Nobody understood it. Nobody really knew about it. It was hidden in ages past, but now it's revealed. So it's a mystery what's in my left pocket. It's a total mystery because you can't see it because it's hidden. But I'm going to bring it into manifestation. I'm going to bring it into the light. I'm going to make that mystery unhidden, and I'm going to expose what's in my pocket. There's nothing in my pocket. Just a pocket. But you see, now you know there's nothing hidden in my pocket. So if a mystery is revealed, what does that mean about the mystery? It's no longer a 
mystery. And the reason Paul used this language, mystery and things like that, because there were mystery religions. There were religions that taught it's mysterious. There's deeper truths. There's places you can go into that only some aspire to. There's realms you can go into that only those who've really paid the price can get there. And Paul said, that's rubbish. He said, there's one way. It's Jesus. It's Christ alone. It's Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's not anything else. And it's a one-step program. It's not step in and then da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's a one-step program. And then what do you do? You enter by faith. How do you continue? By faith. And when you step in, you don't get part of it. You get it all. Like Pastor Cheryl said, you get the whole package. You can unpack it and explore it more, but you got it all right away. God never withholds. So he used these words, mystery. So it's now revealed. Say, now revealed. To his saints, to them, God willed to make known what are the riches. I am so incredibly rich. What are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles to which Christ in you is the hope of glory. Here's the mystery. You ready? What is the mystery? Christ in you is the hope of glory. Woo! It used to be a mystery. How's he going to do it? How's God going to get the glory into the earth? Here, nobody understood. Everybody trying to look into it. Everybody trying to figure out how is a good God going to connect himself with this broken world? How is he going to re-engage us? How is the Father going to connect again with his family? How is he going to restore all things to himself? It was a mystery, but here it is revealed. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Woo! That's good stuff. That's what we preach, warning every man, teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. How? Growing in Christ Jesus, starting in Christ Jesus, crawling their way up into Christ Jesus. No, that I might present everyone perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily next verse perfect the word perfect is the word talios the word talios means brought to an end finished wanting nothing necessary of completeness it's perfect it's full grown it's adult it's a full age it's totally mature same word was used by Jesus in Matthew 5, 48. He said, be therefore perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, how do we do that? How do we get restored? How do we deal with all the mess in our lives so we're acceptable to God? How do we do it? Remove the mystery. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is how we get that declaration of you're perfect. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're perfect. No, no, I'm becoming perfect. You are perfect. God, supreme, almighty God himself, he is the absolute authority and the right by what he has done and by in, in the status of who he is. He is able to. He is supreme and he is sufficient. And he has qualified you and he has declared and spoken to you and he has made you as holy as he is. He has declared you absolutely, totally complete, totally perfect, lacking nothing, absolutely mature, fully finished product, done. Now turn to your neighbor and say, oh, okay, let's move on. 
Colossians 2, 1 and 3, 4, I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and for those in Laodicea and for as many as have not seen face to face in the flesh. I haven't seen any of you folks. And yet I want you to take this letter and I want you to circulate it everywhere. And for all those you haven't seen face to face, I want you to know what a great conflict and agon I have been in for you. As for many as I have not seen face to face and in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love and attaining all the riches of the full assurance and understanding of the knowledge of the mystery of God for both the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, this I say lest anyone should deceive you. I'm saying all of these things. I've laid all this out. I've told you you're qualified. I told you he's qualified to qualify you. I told you through the single act of his shed blood, he has declared you perfect and made you holy and restored you to himself. The mystery of how is he going to deal with sin and brokenness and all of our uh, you know, inability to connect and be who he wants us to be. How is he going to deal with that? The mystery is over. It's Christ in you is the hope of glory. Settle down. And I don't want anybody to deceive you with persuasive words. For though I'm absent in the flesh, I'm with you in spirit. And I'm rejoicing to see your good order and your steadfastness and your faith in Christ. Wow. Are you ready to run? Are you ready to run? We're going to run. going to run. going to run. going to run. Gonna run. Let me move ahead. Let me move ahead. All right. So uh, I want to make three summary observations. Just three. Really quick. First of all, I love Paul's passion. Don't you love his passion? Look at his passion. He says, I rejoice in my sufferings. I mean, I've had to go through some stuff. It's not been easy for me to do this ministry. There's been some obstacles. It's been hard. He said, but you know what? I rejoice in my sufferings. It's worth it. Anything I've been through, it's worth it. When I hear about you, when I hear about your devotion, when I hear about your faith and your love and your hope, everything I'm hearing about you, anything I've been through, woohoo! I'm so glad I was stoned and left for dead. I'm so glad I was shipwrecked. I'm so glad I was whipped and beaten and flogged three times. I'm so glad. Who cares? None of it means anything to me because I can see the work of Christ in you because you've embraced the good news of the message I brought. It is worth it. I rejoice in the sufferings. Man, that's pretty passionate, isn't it? Uh, kind of hot today. I don't know if I'm going to go to church. Might go to the beach instead. You know, I'm going to go to the beach and suffer for Jesus. Go to church, be hot. You know, aren't you glad we don't have two services on Sunday? That was suffered for Jesus. I had to go listen to the pastor twice, and it's hard for him to be good two times in one day. You know, suffering for Jesus. Man, when you know how amazing the good news of the gospel is, when, when Caitlin knows how amazing it is to pray for somebody's leg who's in pain and they're healed, and they walk up, you know, Caitlin does a little glory dance, goes, woohoo! Whatever I had to go through to finish that class, who gives a rip? Look at that. Whoa! And we have no idea sufferings. Paul, Paul says, what are you talking about? You haven't even shed any blood. Are you kidding me? I mean, when Paul gets stoned and left for dead, they are professional stoners. When they stone somebody, they finish the job. So literally, it says they gathered around, they prayed, raised him from the dead, and he went back into town. Are you kidding? I'd be leaving that town right away. I rejoice in my sufferings. I became a minister at Diaconus to fulfill the word of God. I also labored, striving. I was in great conflict for you. I mean, the word Diaconus literally means raising the dust by hastening. 
So a diaconist is somebody you go, look at all that dust. Look at them go, whoosh, whoosh. I mean, you're so busy at what task has been given to you that literally you're so aggressive in doing it. You raise dust because you go so quickly. You go at it with everything in you and you're raising dust. Are you raising dust for Jesus? Are you hastening in his purpose? Are you hastening in your calling? Are you raising dust? Like, look at them go, whoa. I mean, Paul literally says, I have become, it's the word of menial servitude. Today we say, I'm the minister of finance. Oh, honor you, minister of finance. Really, minister of finance means I'm a diaconist. It means I'm a servant. It means I'm hastening the dust because I'm serving you. But we get places, well, the minister. Nowadays in church, oh, I go to this church. Our minister is awesome. Wow, our minister is blah, 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 blah. You know, the greatest thing I would love to hear is our minister hastens and stirs up some dust. Our minister serves us with a whole heart. Our minister puts us ahead of himself. Our minister serves. That's what you want to hear. But someplace you go, come to our church, serve our pastor, give him some offerings. He's brilliant. We've so screwed up what ministry means. All right. Not here, though. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Diaconus. All right. Paul's passion. Paul's passion. Diaconus, in Acts chapter 9, we see when Paul was called, God himself said to Ananias, he said, go to Paul, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. I mean, right at the start, right in the very first call, Paul, you're called by me, and I'm going to send you into some serious suffering to bring my message to the Gentiles. Whoa! I'm so glad you knocked me off my horse. I'm ready to join. Yippee. Anybody want to sign up for some of that? <sighs> going to give you some cards. Go hand them to your friends. Tell them they need Jesus. Tell them they should join a fellowship where we want to experience the freedom of God. <sighs> you want us to hand out cards to lost people? <sighs> yes! really do because they're lost and you know what if you're in the woods and you know the way out you find a lost person you should tell them how to get out and there's a lot of people lost in the woods of life messed up hurting and in pain you know the way out and for you not to tell them that is amoral that lacks scruples all right that was fun thank you thank you pastor Appreciate that. Second Corinthians eleven twenty three. Are they ministers? He's talking about. He's fighting these false apostles. These people who want to come and you know be fabulous teachers. The churches he started and began. He said, "Are they ministers of Christ?" And he said, "Oh, I'm speaking like a fool now. This is so stupid." He says, "But listen, I'm more in labors more abundant and stripes above measure in prison more frequently and facing death often." Literally, the message says, "I've been at death's door time after time after time." And no matter what I've gone through, I've rejoiced in it because I'm glad to see the results. So we're talking about a guy who had a ridiculous passion. This guy writing this book of Colossians, he was committed, dedicated, sold out to serve God's purpose for his life. And he did it with passion. All right. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Paul's power. Real simple. Paul's power. He said, according to his working, which works mightily in me. So how do you do that? How do you be that kind of person? How do you be the person that, that so freely operates in the fullness of God and serving him? How do you do that? You do it with his strength. You do it with his might. You do it with his power. It's him working in you. When you come in touch with him and you come in line with him, it's the work of God working through you. Like Caitlin didn't have to go, wow, this poor lady's got a bad leg. I have to heal her. No, 
she knew that she's healed because I got the power in me. God has invested himself in me. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in me in bodily form. I'm a living, walking, breathing, mobile tabernacle of God's glory and God's presence. I just got to say, let it happen because I got authority over things out of order on earth. And when I loose my authority, things on earth have to line up with it. So this is a no-brainer. I win every time. Bam. It's like in Haiti when, when the guy had, he had his hands refused together like this. And they said, what's wrong with your hands? He says, oh, actually, I, I wrecked it in a baseball game, and uh, I was in a cast, and then three weeks later, I wanted to play in another game, and so I tore the cast off, and the doctor said, don't do it, you're not healed yet, but I wanted to play, so I ripped it off. I thought I was good. Because I ripped off my cast, these fingers have been fused together for seven years. I used to be a pitcher, and I can't pitch anymore because I tore that cast off too early. So Wayne said, well, in Jesus' name, we're going to pray for that. So the the thing was, he held up his hand like this, and when Wayne began to pray, we said, in Jesus' name, I command those fingers open, and all of a sudden, and it was the funniest thing, because Wayne's daughter did say, holy crap, but she used the other word. It was really kind of interesting, because she was like, what? And she went, oh, sorry, but I go, no, that is, it's a holy, wow, and even the guy was going, he went, what? And he's literally opened his hand, go, what? And then his shoulder, he'd had a shoulder uh, injury. He was, he was uh, given an honorable discharge from the army because he wrecked his shoulder in the army. He was given an honorable discharge. He said, that's why I'm not in the army. That's why I'm doing this. And so Julie's like, well, we command your shoulder to be well. And the guy went, well. And he went, holy crap, my shoulder's well too. Guy got the whole total full package right there. You just got to show up. That's it. And then loose the kingdom. Loose your faith and it happens. And here he is. So I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him. We just got to open our mouths and declare the goodness of God. Here's Paul now. He says, yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me. It's not about me, but what Christ has done through me. He said, they were convinced, all those folks I ministered to, they were convinced by the power of miracles, signs, wonders, the power of God's spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ. If we're just talking about Jesus saves you and accept him and you get to go to heaven, that's not the full gospel. The full gospel is sure you get eternal life, but you get the whole package now. He heals your body, heals your mind, totally sets you free, breaks every bondage in your life, and you come into his kingdom. You're removed from darkness, brought into light. You prosper, and you move in the fullness of all that he does. You now operate not under the limitations of this kingdom or what you can do, but you're now in the commonwealth of God, and you operate out of his vastness, and you are truly rich. Please settle down. Man. So this is, this is Paul's power. He did it with the power of God. Number three, what is Paul's purpose? What is his purpose? Christ in you is the hope of glory. What's my purpose? I want to get Christ in everyone. I want to get the fullness of God in every person. I want every person who is dead to God, alive to God. And I want them to become living, breathing receptacles of God's glory. The way God's going to do it all, the way he's going to restore it all to himself is he's going to put Christ himself in you. And that is the hope of glory. That's what I'm doing. That's why I'm, that's why I rejoice in suffering. That's why I do everything I do because I want to get him. We preach, we warn every man, teaching every man on all wisdom that they may be made perfect in Christ Jesus. Oh, (sighs) 
Getting Christ in you, that one-step program, free from the sin, free from the devil, free from shame, free from accusation, free from sickness, free from death, free from fear, free from brokenness, free from helplessness. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Boom. And that's why Paul's writing to these people. They're taking away from the simplicity of Christ in you. And they're trying to add all this stuff to it. They're trying to say there's other levels, other things. It's not just Jesus. And Jesus wasn't really a man. He was an emanation. And we have to step away from all things evil and fleshly. We have to step into this realm of emanation. And we step And there's all kinds of nonsense. And folks, you may think it was only happening back then. It's alive and well today. People have been taken away from the simplicity of the cross, the simplicity of the gospel, and put on a treadmill of works. Like Wayne said, I spent 53 years in the school of works, and now I've stepped into the school of ministry. The stool of diaconus. This is all falling together so well. Amen? Please, keep it down. I'm trying to finish. All right. This is Socrates to Plato. I love this. He said, he said it may be that deity can forgive sins. This was 500 years before Jesus. It may be that deity can forgive sins, but I don't see how. See, that was the problem is that you've got God and our understanding of God, he's so superior to us that even if he wanted to or, or desired to forgive sin, I just don't know how he can do it. And that's the mystery. That's, that's the problem. That was the struggle in every generation was that how can that perfect holy God have a relationship with broken man? The mystery has been figured out and it's revealed Christ in you. Because he did it himself, because of the finished work of the cross, because he is supreme and because he is sufficient, he has the right to say, I forgive you and I invade you and I make you my fixed abode and dwelling place. And how do you get into that? By 500 Kellogg's K box tops and 300 services Simply by faith. Simply by saying, that sounds really awesome. I'm in. And then don't let anybody confuse you from there on. Because that's it. Then the battle is stay in faith. It's like this. We're going to get on a plane. It's going to take us to Toronto. Get on the plane. What else? Stay on the plane. There's just times I feel like, you know, getting there myself. And there's times I just want to fly a little higher than the plane. I'm going to open the door and go, whoa. No, you're not. You're going to go, whoa. Stay in the plane. How did they get through the flood? They stayed in the ark. And do you know that Noah, when he was on the ark, there were several times on the ark, he fell down. But you can't fall out. Stay in faith well when do you need faith you need faith most when you feel like you're screwing up you need faith most when you feel like i'm not feeling it you need faith most when you feel like all these promises aren't manifesting in my life you need faith most when it's not seeming to work for you You need faith most when it seems dark you need faith most when i I don't know if i've heard his voice for a long time you need faith most when you're in a trial in a desperate spot you need faith then but faith will never fail you he will always manifest himself to you stay in faith thank you pastor numbers 14 21 what's the go back to the last one numbers 14 21 what's the purpose of god the purpose of god is the glory of the lord filling the earth that's his purpose and god said as surely as i'm alive this is going to happen 
As surely as I'm alive, all over the Bible, he's saying, earth filled with the glory. All over heaven, they're crying out, holy, 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 earth full of his glory. It's the mission statement of heaven. It's the purpose of God, glory. And Paul says, here's the purpose. Here's my message. Here's what I want to do with every single person. Christ in you is the hope of realizing the glory. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. What did we fall short of? What did we miss the mark of? What's the mark? Glory. God wants every one of us fully emblazoned, flooded, saturated, demonstrators, receptacles of glory. So how's he going to deal with that? He did it himself. He cut a covenant with himself. God cut a covenant with God. And then he said, you get in just by believing. That's why we got a new covenant in the blood of his own son. It's not a blood, a covenant of striving and of trying to, you know, qualify ourselves. He qualified us by that one act of the cross. We are, we are, <laughs> we are pirates. No, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So look at this. F.F. Bruce, I just love this. It's so good. He says, it's because man bears the image of the creator that it's possible for the son of man to become incarnate as a man and in his humanity display the glory of God. Yes, that's so awesome about Jesus. He could come as a man and fully manifest and fully be God and man because we were created in the image of God, therefore God could fill man. But that's not the end of the story. The incarnation continues because I'm created in the image of God, therefore God himself can take full residence right here and I can be a living, walking, breathing, mobile receptacle tabernacle of his glory gushing his favor everywhere I go because I was designed to be a container of the glory and the presence of God everywhere I go that's why Christ in you is the hope of glory not the hope of glory somewhere in the sweet by and by although when we see him face to face we'll know him as he is because we'll see him as he is won't that be glorious but the promise is for right now as well right now and the incarnation continues through you through me because really the plan of filling the earth happens through us his dream of the earth full of the glory happens through all of us becoming so flooded with the glory that it overflows the banks of our lives and touches our communities thank you pastor i'm almost done can you say he's almost done all right jesus christ did not come to make bad men good but to give dead men life Jesus did not come to make bad men good. Although, when you get Christ in you, bad becomes gooder. Good comes in. When, when, when Christ comes into your life, your sin is gone. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. A technical phrase in the Bible, in Christ Jesus. He came to bring dead men to life. A dead man can't save himself no matter how much he may try. That's why the most beautiful parable that Jesus taught was about the prodigal son who came home and wanted to approve himself as a servant. I want to come and try to qualify just, just to serve you. And when he came back, he says, you're not my servant, you're my son. And he didn't have to do anything to requalify as a son. He said, this is my son. My son was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. And then I love the next phrase. So the party began. So the party began. So the party began. One more slide. Here it is. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift. The free gift. The free gift. Oh, the free gift of God is that you get access to a new 2,500-step program to get more pleasing to God. 
The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Eternal Zoe. Eternal life of God. Fully invested in you, flooding you. Eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Come on, stand up. Hey! It's worth it. It is worth it. A little bit of suffering, a little bit of sweat. It's worth it. Doesn't matter what you got to go through getting one person into the kingdom. It's worth it. You know what? Paul had a passion. What's your passion level? What's your passion for the kingdom? What's your passion for the lost? What's your understanding? What's, what's your revelation of the fact that, you know, the power is him. It's him. You don't have to be nervous or tentative or anything. It's not about you having to work something up. It's God working mightily in you to manifest his kingdom. Paul said, I'm not going to boast like I did it. I have nothing. But God himself moved through me and manifest himself. What's your passion for the lost? What's your passion to manifest his kingdom? You know, the purpose is really, really clear, though. Here's the purpose. Christ in you is the hope of glory how are we gonna how are we gonna do that like socrates is like how is god gonna forgive us because he's god and because he loves you how's god gonna gonna you know get rid of that sin problem he's gonna take it on himself god's gonna take it god's gonna eradicate the sin problem once and for all and he's gonna say now done i have forgiven you come be restored christ in you now i can live in you i've declared you holy i've made you holy and i will now fill you with myself and i will grant you and i will give you eternal life now just all heads bowed and eyes closed and all the believers are praying we're praying because that's what paul said when he said i'm in conflict over you he said i'm praying for you i'm agonos agonizmai i'm praying i'm wrestling that christ be formed in you you know if you don't know how simple it is to accept him if you've never done it before if you've been on a path where well i believe i've been doing a good job i i think i've been doing pretty good i'm i'm pretty much ready to stand in front of god based on my efforts that's a bad call that's a really bad call because there's only one way to stand in front of god and that's by saying i accepted what jesus did i received jesus as my savior i allowed his blood to be applied to my account so that I could have life, eternal life. I've allowed Christ to come into my life so that I can be manifested and restored to my glorious Father. If you've never done that, you need to do that today. If you've never accepted that, you might have said, I've heard religion. Religion just puts distance between you and God. Religion just puts an effort between you and God. But the good news of the gospel removes everything between you and God. And all you have to do is believe. And if you've never believed in the finished work of the cross before I want you to do it today and what I want you to do is if you've never believed that before but you say I want to right now pastor reverend I believe what you're saying I'm going to count to three and I want you to put your hand up and if you're not sure if you've been reconciled to Christ if you've embraced him in your life if you're not sure you need to put your hand up so I'm going to count to three and you put your hand up are you ready you can feel it right now you're ready one two three just lift your hand right up so i can see it lift it right up right up high so i can see it go ahead you can do it right now anyone 
all right next week we need to bring some people who don't know jesus okay father we're so grateful i'm so grateful that you made a way for me you know socrates he was trying to figure out how can deity deal with this mess and he was supposed to be a wise guy smart guy but you know god you are all wisdom all understanding all glorious and you are supreme and sufficient and your blood is enough and i thank you that you are my lord and my savior in jesus name in jesus name we just want the truth of your word to sink deep in our hearts that as paul said let no one deceive you let no one deceive you and we don't want to be pulled away from the simplicity of that good news christ in you is the hope of glory so father in the name of jesus i just bless this house right now could those who are ministry at the altar just come now if you're if you're ministry at the altar you're serving folks here could you guys come because there's always time to get ministry at the altar if you need prayer for anything and there's something you need special prayer for if there's something healing in your body or anything there's always people here to minister to you so if you're on the ministry team can you just come right now and gather across the front and just get ready to pray for these folks thank you anybody elders uh ministry team folks thank you father i bless this house i just thank you for each and every one thank you for a beautiful day thank you that you're so wonderful to us thank you for a beautiful gorgeous summer to enjoy your presence we just thank you for the opportunity to be dispensers of your favor and your goodness so now may the love of the father the grace of our lord and jesus christ and may the intimate fellowship of the holy spirit be on each and every one of us go with us holy spirit manifest the kingdom in jesus precious name amen